And welcome back to the For Film Slick Podcast, everybody. My awesome. name is Brian Archija, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And... Devin Penninger. And today we are going to be talking about Girl Interrupted. But before any of that, let's do the ketchup, the condiments. Ketchup. Now we I feel like Devin it's been back. for fucking ages since I've seen you. Uh, yeah, we haven't recorded in like a week or so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I was starting to get antsy. <laughs> this is the first time we had Devin back since so he was on the uh, the Frayed Fabrics episode. Yeah, that's episode 44 if you want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fucking great episode. He was here with yeah. Camille. Uh, but now we have just Devin, and we're going to talk about one of his favorite movies, uh, Girl Interrupted. Yeah, one of mine too. Very good really? movie. Oh yeah, interesting. Uh, but what have, what have you been what have you been up to, man? Ah, uh, in the past week we got finals coming up. Yeah, we I'm not finals. okay with it. I mean, you know, it is it is what it is. I'm, I'm I don't like it, but I mean, oh, you, you know what? Instead mm-hmm. of doing my finals, you know what I did last night? What? I stayed up. Masturbated fiercely. I could, I could have. I could have. But, th- but this, this is the thing. This That's is the what thing. I did. I was, I was so entertained that I didn't even masturbate past two days. No sex either. Just no ejaculation. No, didn't even think about it. And, th- and this is the reason why. Dragon Ball Super. Oh, you be- that was you watching it at school? Dragon Ball Fuck Super. Yeah. I've Dra- been do- Nope. 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 It's not, Dragon Ball Super is a so- shit. Before, before we, uh, the podcast started, uh, Devin was talking about... Um, <laughs> Like burps and piss <laughs> that we try to like cut out of the episodes. Another running thing that we've been looking to cut out is um, the beeping on the, my the, text. The beeping. <laughs> it hasn't happened. Uh, no one, listen, mm. on fucking recording days, mm. no one texted me on Thursday. I got no goddamn text on Thursdays. We yes. should record Thursdays. Mm. And I was like, all right, good. No one texted me today. Mm. Well, I, I really hope that could be used in the podcast. Mm. No one texts me on Sundays. No one usually texts me on Sundays. As mm. soon as I get in front of a mic, beep. You know, it's like I, I wish we could like technology was evolved to the point to where like we could do something about that. I wish but it's, we just, could, it's yeah. just unfortunate we don't have any means to like mute a phone or you know things like that. You know what, like Chris? <laughs> if technology had evolved, how would you get off my dick? <laughs> <I'm just saying>. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball Super. So so since Friday, because um, you know the the Dragon Ball is coming on tsunami now mm-hmm. um, with the the English dubbed versions, but it's like one week at a time. There's like fucking eighty episodes. What's you know? the Japanese one, man? That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's what yeah. I started doing on Friday. I started watching on Friday. I got like thirty episodes in. Fuck the finals. Yeah. Fuck yeah. all of that. I watched that from Friday night through Saturday morning <laughs> through Saturday night all through last night. No sleep. You know. Nice. What, you know what I wore yesterday? What? This. <laughs> This <laughs> woke up, brushed my teeth, and started my final. and got ready for the podcast. But when I finish the podcast, gonna finish the final and go back to Dragon Ball Absolutely. Super. Absolutely, it was totally worth the decade and a half that I had to wait for that show. Totally worth it. That show is because it's funny now. Like they added yeah. the comedy back in Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Like ah, fucking, I ah, just it's so good. What part did you make it to? I'm all the way to the point to where a Goku met Black Goku. Ma, Black Goku's the shit. Yeah, that's yeah. when fucking... you know. That's when you know you're thoroughly entertained, though. When you don't even think about changing clothes. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. I was like, I'm not even going to shower before here. I was like, you know what? I will brush my teeth just because we're in that close proximity. We're going to be talking a lot, so I did do that for you guys. Thank that, you. That's, Appreciate that's, it. I guess. That's about it, I, did, I did that because I had like bourbon last night, and I didn't want to like. Smell um, like bourbon? Yeah, yeah. but I yeah. didn't change my shirt. No, nope, no, nope, me neither. <laughs> we're just, just, we're just like people. being like fucking disgusting <laughs> so men right now. Yeah. 
<laughs> what about you? What you what you get into this week? Uh, I've been reading a lot of manga mm. uh, just to keep up with the Japanese theme shit. Yeah, you know a lot of Tokyo Ghoul. Nice. That shit is enticing. Okay. I read a uh, Boruto, which is the the sequel to Naruto. Boruto. Yeah, it's like Naruto's son. Oh, nice. Uh, shit is fucking great. Okay. I love it, and anyone that's shitting on it is wrong. People are shitting on that. Yeah, people. Of course, people are shitting on well, it. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. But other than that, I got a couple of episodes of Dragon Ball C to catch up. I mm. watched Moonlight again. Nice. That was neat. I oh, went yeah. out yesterday with Louise and I watched Moonlight. Uh, great fucking movie the second time you watch it. I was uh, I was with a friend. Uh, the <laughs> Try the you might as well just let it go. Just, just do it. <laughs> let, let it rip, Morty. Yeah. It's was, just I, a little rumbling. <laughs> it's got a little build up. <laughs> I was, uh, I was over at a friend's, um, and we were. he was talking about movies that he'd seen recently. And I told him, I was like, you should watch Moonlight. And he's like, I'm not about to watch um, this movie about a gay kid. And then, yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, what does that even mean? And as I started explaining it, the movie to him, and then I was like, um, you know, how he's being bullied by kids, and then he runs into a um, an abandoned house that's holed up, and then mm-hmm. a, guy, a drug dealer finds him in there. He was like, so how was the, ki- the, the, the kid gay? I'm like, he's not gay in that sense. Like, he hasn't had sex with another person <laughs> at seven years old, you right. know, this kid. You know, but it's he just, just like... He knows, though. Yes, he, he knows, and the people around him, they can identify some, him as different, you know, so they treat him that way. And in his mind, I guess, you know, for a lot of the black culture, they hear gay and it just automatically turns them away from any kind of movie whatsoever which is kind of what the movie is talking about it, isn't it it is exactly exactly and I was like it's going to put you in a position to sympathize for someone that you typically would not sympathize for you know in this person that I'm talking about yeah but glad you've seen that again I really I, like that movie it, it is a fucking fantastic movie I noticed yeah. a lot of like really small things yeah. that I didn't notice the first time like, for, when I first watched a movie, I had no idea I was about a gay kid. Mm-hmm. I walked into the movie not knowing anything yeah. about it. And then, like, at the hand job, I was like, oh, that's what this movie's about. Mm-hmm. Took me all the way up to that scene to figure to fucking figure it out. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was just, like, it just, it just looks gorgeous. It's it really just a is. gorgeously shot movie. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I forget it. I don't know how to pronounce his, his first name. Uh, Ma- Ma- Mahershala Ali. Mahershala yeah. Ali. He's, mm-hmm. he's fucking fantastic. fantastic. Oh, I yeah. love him. He's he was great, and he was in the place beyond the pines. Really? Gosling hits him with like a wrench. Mm. That's not his whole role in the movie. He becomes like a father to a kid in the place beyond the pines. But <laughs> his role, he's like, we want you to play a guy that gets hit across the head with a wrench. What's, what's my character name? <laughs> guy hit by a wrench. <laughs> guy hit by a wrench. But that's like his most most probably memorable scene. Mm. But he has like other moments. Okay. And uh, but then like. He was in House of Cards. I, didn't, mm. I never finished that show. He was in Luke Cards. Cage. Yeah. Luke Cage, I was... Pissed. I was way more interested in him than in can any we, other character. Do we talk Cotton about off. spoilers on this? Yes. Uh, yeah. Can we? If, if it's been out for longer than three months, then give them all of that okay. shit. They fucked up. I thought Luke Cage <laughs> fucked up by killing off his character. Yeah. Uh, just, I thought he was... To me, he was as interesting as Luke Cage. And then the moment they got... more so. Yeah. Yeah. The moment they got rid of uh, Mahersha Ali's character, Cottonmouth, Mm -hmm. I just thought, man, the show's just going downhill. Because he was such an interesting villain. He had... He was a good pianist. And he just... uh, You have a thing for pianists, don't you? Yeah, apparently in movies, yeah. (laughs) But uh, I was just fascinated by that guy. I could watch... That guy have his own show. That mm. character have his own show. Yeah, yeah. really, for sure. Yeah. Once, uh, once Cottonmouth uh, died, mm. I was sort of like the show was going downhill, but they ended it quickly enough after his death that mm-hmm. they didn't suffer from it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, but talking about Marvel shit, mm. uh, fucking Iron Fist came out yeah. recently, and I haven't watched it yet. Mm. But I read something on Twitter. Apparently, Finn Jones, I think is the actor's name, mm. was like, comp- like defending the low ratings by saying that like today's political climate and like anti-trump uh climate 
is making people not want to watch content that has a white boy super billionaire. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I did see some of that in my Facebook feed. There's this uh, comedian. I'm not going to name his name because mm. I actually like him, but I think every now and then he'll, he tries too hard. Yeah. Mark Maron. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> I don't think Maron tries too hard. I like that guy. <laughs> no, I love Mark Maron. Yeah. Um, but no, no, it's a, it's a not nearly as famous dude as Mark Maron. Yeah, like, yeah. He could reply to me if I named his yeah, name. So. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I feel like he tries too hard to make issues sometimes out of things that aren't issues. Mm-hmm. His big problem with Iron Fist was that the character isn't Asian. Mm-hmm. But um, he's not meant to be. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. His point was that if they did go that route, we could learn more about a culture we don't normally learn a lot of. Mm. And he has a valid point. But there's also like, if you did want to watch something about Asian culture on Netflix, there's a fuck ton of chances out there it's <laughs> not true. like your sole chance was tied up with iron fist yeah and that's kind of how he was making it out to be like oh it all hinged on marvel to make that decision it's like i hate that conversation yeah it's i don't know i feel like there's I need bigger it. shit to focus on i mean in order for me to get behind iron fist which i wasn't an iron yeah. fist guy in the first place they had to have something to draw me like jessica jones i knew nothing of jessica jones beforehand but they said hey this is a female character with depth we're going to be hiring other female writers and cast and they were surrounding it with people that understood how to write for this character right. same thing happened with luke cage they surrounded with black writers directors actors and surrounded it with people that understood you know the, the lifestyle and everything within it uh, same thing with the show called transparent on um on amazon they didn't just put a bunch of people to play certain characters everyone knew or was in the um just that community yeah Yeah. the lgbt community lgbtq community and um and transparent so when i when i got to iron fist it didn't seem like they had anything to really draw me what what am i getting into besides action marvel i did like it though um but for me it was but i'm only two episodes in yeah and i didn't finish episode two so i can't call it great yet i yeah. feel like it needs more time but i like the pilot a lot but it was for uh not because of like anything socio-political or anything yeah. it was just i like the pacing because it was quieter mm. than a regular marvel show uh to me for me nothing's top jessica jones yet that marvel's done jessica tv jones wise the show. Mm. but luke cage is close though mm. but yeah. but uh so I don't, I don't, I don't think I can call Iron Fist as good as either of those two yet. Daredevil. See, I didn't, I couldn't get into Daredevil. Oh, okay. I love, right. I love Daredevil season one. Season mm. two took me a little bit of time. I think I need yeah. to give it another chance, but yeah. I just, I've heard so many good things about. it, I feel like I need to give it another chance, but I just, I watched three episodes and it just, I don't know for whatever reason I wasn't drawn in. Okay. Iron, yeah, Iron Fist though was quieter, and there's like a lot of scenes in the pilot where you're left alone with this character and there's not a lot of dialogue, mm. and I thought. That was there's something interesting about that. Like they'd let the quiet moments just sit there. I like there. that. I do nice. like that. And that's rare in uh, like a Marvel type. Yeah, show. especially in an action type show. Yeah. I hope it. Uh, I don't know. I hope they find a good balance though. Like the further I get in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I don't know. I, I'm still sort of leading up. I don't know if I'm gonna watch it yet, just because I'm not that particularly interested. Um, well, not, what, uh, what else have I been up to? Finals? I you, I edited two videos. Nice. I, I did two commercials. Okay. That, that was nice. Well, specs? What, on, on what? Uh, well, one was a makeup company for my cousin's uh, significant other. And uh, that turned out pretty well. I nice. just got to put finishing touches mm. and then hand it in. And then after Wednesday at school, I'm fucking done. Nice. Fucking done. Mm-hmm. I'm so done. That's Tuesday for me. Same. This quarter was garbage. <laughs> did, you, um, did either of you guys see a show called, on Netflix called Love? 
no, but I heard you raving about it. Yes, love it, love it. Like I, I seen season one last year. Season one was amazing. Season two, it goes even further. Um, the character, the 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 lady that plays the uh, the lead in this, um, can't think of her name is for whatever. Jillian reason. Jacobs. Jillian Jacobs. Is yeah, her? it okay. is her. Yeah, uh, her and the guy Paul Rust. Uh, they're they're in it. They're starring in it, and it is great. Like this this the the lady in there. She's dealing with alcoholism, like depression. Paul Rust. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, I wish. Brian was like, it's pronounced Rudd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> different people. <laughs> but um, the, the, the lady in there, she's just like a complete mess going through uh, alcoholism, uh, drug abuse, um, just, just abusing with whatever she can within her sights. And she in season two, she's going through rehab. She's trying to get through all of that. But uh, she's still facing a lot of demons. And by the time we get to the end of the season, um, what you expect to happen does. So um, huh. that's, that's a great, great, great four out of five stars television show that's fucking awesome i haven't um, seen it but i want to because it's on my list because i like jillian jacobs yeah. a lot which is strange because i haven't seen a lot that she's in but i've listened to probably like five podcasts that she's been on oh you gotta watch the community then <laughs> yeah I, I like community that's yeah. one of the few things i've seen that she's been in yeah um but she's been in like indie films and stuff mm-hmm. i haven't i haven't seen those yet that she's been in but uh yeah. you just, know she's I, a really good interviewer and sometimes that's enough to make me like, like a person yeah. yeah that's pretty great mm-hmm and she's smoking hot. Yeah, oh goodness! Yeah, I don't know what cool. she looks like. Ooh, so. I'll, I'll I'll put you up to date. <laughs> I'll tell you. Mm. I uh, you know, like I I've shot on Lena Dunham mm. quite a bit in the last couple of episodes. Yes, I listened to her her episode of Mark Maron. Yes, uh, that was a good good uh, that was a fucking good interview. Yay! I felt like I liked Lena Dunham after watching the interview. Okay, and so then I tried to watch a thing by Lena Dunham mm. and I wasn't into it. Okay. So I guess I just don't like the performance of Lena Dunham. I never What'd you got watch? into girls. I never got into that. I I tried like I I just looked her up on YouTube and I tried mm-hmm. like watching some of the shit that she's been in like clips or whatever. Oh. I didn't actually watch the show. I feel like, uh, but I just don't think she's that funny. Like when she's not being candid. You mean like on um on her television show? Yeah, I just like. I mean, her character isn't innately funny. Yeah. You know, she's not written that way. She's written to be like a terrible person, and yeah, she she's is. Not, she's not supposed to be likable. No, yeah. she's like the least. She's the the worst character on her show. <laughs> like, and, she, and she's written that way. That's why I give it so much credit because as the writer, she's writing herself to look that terrible right. <laughs> i was like sheesh i never got into it but i didn't hate it either i felt like there's an unnecessary amount of hate that's yeah. been going towards her lately mm. uh, i think it's like hip to hate on her right now mm-hmm. and she does put her foot in her mouth a lot but yep. i but i've looked up some stuff though that she said mm-hmm. and if you view it in the bigger context mm-hmm. of the conversation she's clearly clearly trying to be outlandish mm-hmm. right and it's not a new thing for her it's just new that people are just now turning on her yeah and uh I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of entertainers that wouldn't make it in today's time. Like if the, people were that sensitive now, they wouldn't. Like there would be no new Marilyn Manson in today's age. Which, and I don't <laughs> oh, mean that as an insult. I like yeah. Marilyn Manson a Love lot. Love Marilyn Manson, yeah. But I don't. But he was definitely a product of the time. I don't think he would again. come out on stage naked, draped in the American flag, and then you know burn Bibles. And it's just you couldn't do that now. You couldn't you couldn't tear out pages out of a Muslim book now and then mm. call it performance art. And I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that. Oh, there's, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just was, do, you, do you know how many how many middle school boys he had convinced that they should remove a rib so they could Six suck their own dick? Yeah, it was great. Convinced. So many. That, <laughs> I was in. I, I lived in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. at the time. Everyone in Puerto Rico knew that Marilyn Manson took out a rip to suck his own dick. Supposedly. But he Allegedly. He I like that's not a real thing. No, I mean, it didn't yeah. happen. No. But everyone knew that it happened. They thought they yeah, did. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it didn't happen, but they knew that it did. Yeah. Yeah. He's like since then confirmed that, that he, like, he made that up. Yeah. 
But I like that that guy like fueled his own rumors about himself. Yes. Like it's he would start genius. rumors. Mm-hmm. And then when they would quote it back to him, no, that's preposterous. <laughs> and it's like, he, but you, then later on he admits in a book, yeah, I started those rumors. Mm-hmm. But it's great. Uh, that's fucking funny. I just, with Lena Dunham though, like, I don't think she's like, she's definitely not a saint and she's probably mm-hmm. not the liberal that people wanted her to be. But mm-hmm. my whole thing is, I don't think she ever claimed to be that. No, I think they so. put her on this pedestal and then when she didn't live up to that, it's like they want to chop the pedestal down. And that's mm-hmm. happened with a lot of entertainers it's, lately i mean it's, it's a changing of times i mean when uh, when girls came out um 2010 so 2011 and she was she was a female producer female director she had her um the movie that was uh, at sundance uh, tiny furniture mm-hmm. judd apatow picked that up put her on hbo and it was groundbreaking it's like we're gonna have a female star a female writer and a female director and it's women it was all women so i was all on board with yeah. that you know having a woman there but then after season two you know, we start to get a little further socially. So now we're wondering why aren't there any people of color? Why aren't there? You know, it's just the only thing that we're tackling is white entitled women in New York City in season one. So by season three, four, and five, I expected them to evolve with the times and it didn't. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that's that was my only real knock on it. She brought in Donald Glover in season three as her love interest, which lasted for two whole episodes, Solid. and and that that was gone just because she said she felt the pressure of um, people, you know, around her having someone of color in the show. That was like her attempted fist bump at the black community, yes. but it wasn't enough, and it was just it, it, a weak it, attempt. Yeah, and, and it was it, shallow. It wasn't like a real character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, like, I, I can't, I don't, I don't want you to add something to your show if it's not authentic, if it's not right. real, if it's not genuine. Like I wouldn't, I would feel weird to have Seinfeld have a, a black best friend. <laughs> you know? it, it would just, like, just, it doesn't seem natural. What's the deal with uh, black people? <laughs> yeah, it would just seem odd. But in the entire in New York City, one of our most populated cities in the United States, you can't get a person of color on the screen. Like okay, that's the weird. same friend. The show Friends had the same issue. Yeah. and I, and I, lo- I love that show growing up. Yeah, but it did have that issue. When yep. you rewatch it now, it's undeniable that mm-hmm. even like you look for. There's scenes where like there should be extras even that are yes yeah. yes. Just letting you guys know, I'm giving you about a minute before I cut you off. On the on the friends, yeah. Aisha Tyler, mm-hmm. um, there was actually a love interest for uh, not Ch- did you uh, David Schwimmer's character. Uh, they were they dated for about two or three seasons, so that happened. Solid. You guys want to talk about friends some more? <laughs> <laughs> What's his thing? Is, does he hate it? Does he hate it? I'm not saying it's well. No, I don't. We're fucking. It. We've gone up for three minutes over. Oh, okay. I didn't want to go on a seven-minute song about fucking friends and yeah. Ross's goddamn monkey or whatever the fuck people hey, do. In that that was show. a stronger episode. The monkey one. The monkey one, was the one with the monkey. Yeah. yeah, that was Ross's monkey. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah! Remember, I know a little bit about friends. Remember the duck? Yeah. Remember the one? I do with remember the duck. duck. I do remember the duck. I don't remember the duck. The one with the duck. This yeah. guy's seen friends of episodes of yeah. Friends because every episode of Friends is titled The One nah, 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 oh. About the With the. LeBron, can you name three, two other Friends characters? Uh, we have Ross. Phoebe. That's two. And uh, Joey. Shit. And that's, Ursula, that's, though. Remember Ursula? Yeah, the twins. Twin. The twin, yeah. Here's my thing about like Friends. Like A lot of people like to turn on that show now, too, yeah. because they feel it doesn't hold up anymore because of, you know, just. I don't know politics. Mm-hmm. Everything's politicized now, mm-hmm. and they're not wrong. It there should have been more, there should have been more people of color from the start in it. Yeah. But I feel like you can still appreciate something that's flawed. Yeah, you don't have to yep. have a totally dismissive attitude of something, and I think that's part of the problem now is people have this attitude of just one hundred percent love it or hate it. You yeah. can be, it's okay to be somewhere in between or like something that's flawed. Yes, there's a 
Temp- the Indiana Jones movie, The Temple of Doom. <laughs> it's pretty fucking racist at times. Yep. But you know what? It's a great action flick if you just take it at surface a, level. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, All right, Devin, uh, I know okay. you got a lot to say, but we're, we've been five minutes over time. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, buddy. It's all good. And uh, I forgot to say that we'd be back, so I just started recording again. We're going to be back with uh, Girl Interrupted in like two seconds. He could tell I was going on a full-on rant. <laughs> keep going. Just keep going. Don't let him stop it. Don't let him stop it. <laughs> Fuck you guys. What television show she guest starred in in the early 90s? Wait a minute. Ursula was a guest star in a show? Uh, Phoebe's twin Let's sister. See. She didn't play Phoebe. She played actually Ursula. I can't name it. Was it Mad About You? It was Mad About You. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, Maybe yeah. I did see that. And, and I just like, That's fucking there's just bizarre. such a faint memory of it. Oh, yeah. I watched all those kind of questionable sitcoms. Yeah. The only one I watched, the only sitcom I watched was I mentioned. Because Mad About You okay. didn't even honestly make me laugh, but I watched it. And I can't explain why. I just liked Paul Reiser as a as a person. Me too. Yeah, right. I like Jewish comedian comedic actors. <laughs> I really like that. That's that's a theme. Yeah, mm. Mark Maron, Jew guy. Yeah, uh, Woody Allen, Jew, Jewy. Yeah, I can't Paul get behind. Jew. I can't get behind Woody, but Maron, Seth Rogen, Maron's a funny Jew. Jew for yeah. Me. yeah. Um, who else is Jewish? Jonah Hill. I mean, the entire Hall of Hollywood. I guess. <laughs> I forget <laughs> Seth Rogen's Jewish sometimes because I just see stoner. Mm. <laughs> He's a stoner. Just Jewish. ginger yeah. stoner. I see Canadian when I see him for some reason, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Canadian stoner Jew. <laughs> there you go. That's Seth Rogen. Anyway, welcome back. We're going to yeah. talk about Girl Interrupted. Uh, Chris, give us a rundown. Girl Interrupted. Um, it is a rated R movie, a runtime of two hours and seven minutes. It's listed as a biography and a drama. It was released in January of the year 2000. Uh, the rundown setting it set in a changing world of the late 1960s. Girl Interrupted is the searing true story of Susanna Kaysen, played by Winona Ryder, a young woman who finds herself at a renowned mental institution for troubled young women, where she must choose between the world of people who belong on the inside, like the seductive and dangerous Lisa, played by Angelina Jolie, or the often difficult world of reality on the outside. Uh, the director is James Mangold. The writer is Suzanne Kaysen. And um, James helped write that as well. Uh, starring in it is Winona Ryder as Susanna. Angelina Jolie as Lisa. Brittany Murphy as Daisy. Rest in peace. Uh, Elizabeth Moss as Polly. Jared Leto as Tobias. Jeffrey Tambor as Dr. Potts. And Whoopi Goldberg as Valerie. Can we, before we start talking about the movie, why the fuck does Jared Leto keep showing up in the movies that I watch? He's a damn good actor. Fucking shows um, up in every movie. His name is pronounced Leto. <laughs> now, I, that's the thing I want to do. It's just the guy who confidently it's mispronounces th- names. <laughs> Jared uh, Leto. It's, it's Leto. Angelina Jolie. Wait. Her name is Jolie. Fuck. Yeah, fucked up long joke. <laughs> fucked up your bit. That's all good. Fucked up my bit. That was good. All right. So this is like one of you guys' favorite movies. Yeah. 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 Um, I was I, telling you earlier, I neurotically rank films in my head. Right. And as I get older and I see more movies, sometimes the it ranking changes. Yeah. Uh, right now, Girl Interrupted is three of my all-time Ooh, favorite nice. films. Yeah. And how it has an impact on your life, Frank, uh, yes. that factors into the ranking. Yes. Right, absolutely. I'm going to put like uh, seven for me, I believe. Put like seven? Yeah. I, see, it's interesting because when two people that I like respect their opinions and mm-hmm. like absolutely love a movie, yeah. and then I watch the movie and I get sort of an underwhelming response, mm-hmm. I feel weird about it. Okay. Um, I, I, I really like the movie, mm-hmm. and I understand it's like, it's like really well done, really yeah. well written. And like sort of beautiful in like a weird yeah. tragic way. Yeah. 
But for some reason, I couldn't. I couldn't say that I love this movie. I couldn't mm-hmm. put it anywhere near my favorites. I mean, it's, it's depressing. <clears throat> it's not even that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious at times too. It though. is fucking it's hilarious. Fucking fun. Yeah. And I'm oh god. That, oh, before before we start, can everybody pick a, pick a character? I'm gonna go last. I I, I, I gotta go with Suzanne. Suzanne. Yeah. He's going with an upright on the Like as being Suzanne. hilarious or what? No, your favorite character or the character you identify with or that you would want well, to embody. Okay, well, I identified with Susanna, but Lisa would be the one I'd want to hang out that's with. That's your, your favorite character. <laughs> Lisa, so Lisa was great. The line when she says, that's fucked up, Daisy. Just the expression on her face. It's fucking great. She can make that line hilarious. So that's we true. have uh, Susanna for Brian. We have Lisa for Devin. And for me, you know who I'm taking? Daisy. I'm taking Daisy, asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking Daisy, asshole. Uh, the, the chicken collector. <laughs> yeah. You know what I loved about, like, I realized um, yesterday that I had only seen this movie on television. My entire life, I've only ever seen oh, it on television. Oh, so Yeah. And every single time, and I would look at it, and I'm like, I know she's not saying fatso. You know, Daisy. Because when, um, in every, every interaction, they bleep the cuss words, and she was like, don't don't look under the bed, fatso. You know, they had a fatso, like, to everybody. And, like, I thought maybe she was saying that because then when saying um, it to two women who clearly aren't fat. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then at um, then when you get to the the dinner scene, we're not dinner scene where they have the ice cream and the fight is about to go down, the yelling match or whatever. There's a the lady she has an ice cream cone directly in front of Daisy's face and she's like, "Get that out of my face, fat so." But then I got to see the real one and she's just saying asshole every time. Yeah, it's just it's always asshole. (laughs) The only person that says fat so is said one time is by the uh, the super skinny girl. Oh she, yeah, I forgot her name. I yeah, she she about. she's the one that's oh lordy, pick a bell of cotton. Oh yeah. lord, that girl. Yeah. When you said asshole, that reminded me. There's a very funny scene to me where it's 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 when on a rider like blows smoke in this oh, woman's yeah. face. <laughs> that she thinks amazing. She thinks this woman's catatonic. Yes. So she's testing her out and blows smoke directly in her face, thinking she'll get no response, and that woman just goes asshole <laughs> in this gravelly old voice. It's, it's great. Well, was, oh shit! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm Fuck. sorry. Yeah. I love those little moments. See, that's yes. part of the reason I love that movie is that there's a lot of little tiny moments like that. They don't focus on just like a lot of films. They'll just plot their way to big moments, mm-hmm. big moment after big moment. And that movie is filled with tons of tiny moments that make the characters nuanced and endearing. One of the biggest comedic moments that um, that people bring up that have seen the movie is Angelina Jolie's when she takes the pen. She's like, "Don't bring, it, don't come another step closer. I'll jam this right in my aorta." And she's like, "Your aorta is in your chest." I was like, "Oh yeah. well." Whoopi, Gold, Whoopi Goldberg is fucking great. In that movie. Yes, I didn't. Whoopi Goldberg is one of those faces that I know is Whoopi Goldberg, but mm-hmm. every time I see her in a movie, I'm like, "Is that that's Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg?" I'm not yes. sure if that's Whoopi Goldberg. Oh yeah. For some reason, I love. I loved her. She was great. In this oh movie. yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's break it down. Uh, I think uh, before I think my favorite moment in the movie, like the most heartwarming moment, mm. was uh, when Polly's freaking out, and mm. so they bring out the guitar to like play with her. Yes, oh, that yeah. shit was by heartwarming far, as fuck. By far, downtown. Yeah. This is downtown. I got a slight story for yeah. how this tells you how obsessed with that movie I was. <laughs> I was as a teenager. I loved late teens. Like mm-hmm. I loved Grown Erupted so much yep. that I looked up the guitar tabs you to tabs. downtown. Nice. And then and I was Petulia Clark mm-hmm. wrote that song. Yep. And I like I like Petula Clark's voice, but I'm not uh, a big fan because mm-hmm. you know I grew up listening to like Manson and Nirvana. It just mm-hmm. wasn't my thing. Yeah. But because I grew up erupted, I learned the guitar tabs to downtown, yeah. and I would uh, just you know goofily sing it, and then that's awesome. Yeah. You play guitar? Yeah, I played a little bit. Yeah. We're gonna have to jam. We do, what do you play? Acoustic. Oh, okay, we can do that. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, sweet. And then uh, the other moment was when Whoopi Goldberg threw her in the bathtub and she had like her first like actual mental breakdown. Oh, and it was kind God. of a racist moment there. Yeah, yeah. Or not kind of, it was. But it was just, 
But what I like that they did it in a way where Whoopi realized that that's coming from an illness. Yeah, it's yeah, it's coming from her having a breakdown. I feel like that a was, lot of movies would have just went in a way different route with it. Dude. That yeah. was that was a big movie and I mean a big moment and a turning point. And they they say similar things to that over and over from that point in the movie till the end when she throws her into the uh, the bathtub filled with water and she's like, "What are you doing? Get me out of here! Get me out of here!" And then she looks at her comment and she says, "Get yourself out." Right, you know, and that's a common theme from uh, the last thirty-five minutes: is do it yourself, get it yeah. done. You know, for the the last thirty minutes. I think the very first time I saw it, it, that didn't dawn on me. I thought, okay, she'll get herself out of the tub. Yeah, but no, she means just fix your In fucking life. life. Yes. Yeah, do get it yourself out of the situation. Get yourself like it's do a it. Very like, deep moment. Like we can't do these things for you. I mean, you can talk to your doctor, and she even says like you should probably say these things to your doctor. You know, but that's not gonna do everything for her. She has to look within herself as well yeah. and figure out what's going on here. I I, I think my my favorite aspect of the film was that it turned into it turned the movie and turned the, the concept of that mental illness into and how to turn that energy into art mm-hmm. so she was a writer and when she started writing and sort of getting it out of her she started improving a mm-hmm. lot so I like that I like that aspect of the movie quite a bit where mm-hmm. it was kind of like you don't understand this mental illness but you, you're processing it in a way that lets you rationalize it and, and be better and like that way was kind of like art and mm-hmm. which, I, which I thought was a nice little addition which is kind of why I identify with Suzanne mm-hmm. a, a lot like sort of like the depression and, and the anxiety issues and like mm. the the moments where she's like, how can I get better if I don't understand what's happening inside yeah. of me moments? Like those moments were, were really heartwarming and close to home because uh, I sort of identified with her. But I, I, I also felt like there was a disconnect with Suzanne as a character. Mm. Well, she could have been more developed uh, yeah. if they included more of what was in the book. And then we, we talked about this before the mm. podcast started. There were some deleted scenes mm-hmm. that uh, that are on the DVD that... I really think should have been left in, not all of them, but maybe a couple that mm-hmm. would have clearly uh, shown you, hey, she does deserve to be in there. Because right. I, I feel like for the first 20 or so minutes of the film, you, you're given this feeling that, oh, she's she's not she's not like the others in there. Mm. But she is, and she's like seen some horrific hallucinations. Right. And there's yeah. a hint of it left in the film that they didn't cut out where she says, uh, there's no bones in my hand. Yeah. Um, that then how'd you pick it up if you didn't have any bones in your hands? Yeah. Well, b- by then they came back. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, going to oh, say dude. something and I cut you off. Oh, no. Um, at the very beginning of the movie, her first monologue um, is, uh, have you ever confused a dream with life or stolen something when you have the cash? Yep. Have you ever been blue or thought that, a tr- that, uh, thought that your train moving while you're sitting still? Maybe I was just crazy. Maybe it was the 60s or maybe I was just a girl interrupted so i mean it's just like that transition of a boy becoming a man a girl becoming a woman this trying to figure out and being in that transition you know it's it's a it's a thing of caring so much but and the word that she uses was ambivalence that she mm-hmm. doesn't that and she thinks that to mean that she doesn't care one way or the other she doesn't care at all but in reality she cares a lot and that's yeah, what she cares the, so much that yes. she's conflicted and, us and then yeah. vanessa redgraves plays a character who uh uh, breaks it down to her and she's mm. misunderstood the word ambivalence yes. for a while and then Vanessa's character breaks it down to Winona's character Susanna and says that uh, ambivalence means you're torn mm-hmm. and she is she's at a, like a crossroads she's mm-hmm. torn in life am I crazy or am I sane should I stay should I go yeah I, uh, I mean that's what she said in the movie I mean yeah it's <laughs> just, I, don't, I don't know how much song. I don't know how much y'all want to get into it I know you told me you have like a life connection mm-hmm. with the film and oh, then yeah. I have one uh, mm-hmm. I mean my, feel free to talk about it I guess mm-hmm. Mine was, uh, well, like, you know, I talked about it slightly mm-hmm. on the Freed Fabric podcast that mm-hmm. I was uh, was raped and it was by a psychiatrist. Right. And uh, I don't want to 
say a whole lot of specifics. There's like legal reasons. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, but yeah, it was like a psychiatrist who drugged and raped me. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I was put into a psych ward, strangely admitted, you know, by that dude. Mm-hmm. And it was for like five days in my teens. Mm-hmm. And then I basically said as little as possible to the people while working that were working there while I was in there. Because, yeah. you know, I figured they're not going to believe me anyway. And who knows what this guy wrote down yeah. about me to, you know, um, but I was, he had me on such a cocktail of medications for things I shouldn't have been prescribed on. Mm-hmm. And it was all to make me look nuts. But yeah. the, the, the nutty feelings I was having was uh, probably just coming all from the medications. I was right. medicated. Um, and you were young, so it wasn't a thing of I should not take these pills. It was this is an authority saying that this is what's best for me. Yeah, I had just a mixed array of feelings from being in denial to, yeah. that he did that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... It's just like no one when I'd say when I would say hey I want to be off of these meds no one would take me serious, mm-hmm. um, and then I hadn't told anyone what he did to me so yeah. mm-hmm. why would they take me serious? It was it was just a lot going on and uh, I was like sixteen at the time mm-hmm. so it was just a lot for me to process. So I was taken out of high school, um, I was put in that psych ward then I was homeschooled. Um, mm-hmm. But after I got out of the psych ward it was just a few days in there. I don't want to overdramatize it like I was I wasn't in there a year or whatever like yeah. Susanna Kaysen was. Yeah. And she's a real life person. She wasn't like yep. a, just a character. I want to mention that. But um, this is this is how uh, my friend Camille, who was here on the podcast, she, mm-hmm. she uses this word synchronicity a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Shout out to Camille. Yeah. <laughs> but she she uses that word a lot. So then I started using it. Um, but it's kind of this would I guess be described as I may be misusing it. She'll probably send me a text later on like you fucking misuse that <laughs> word that I use. Yeah. But I viewed it as moments of synchronicity in my life uh, where. All right, so I was thoroughly depressed after, you know, being taken out of school. Mm-hmm. Felt like I was cut off from people. Yeah. I didn't know, like you were saying, if I was sane or was I crazy. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I just didn't know what to make of myself anymore. I knew what had happened to me, mm-hmm. but I felt like no one was going to believe me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was uh, planning a suicide, and it was mm-hmm. going to be on a birthday. Mm-hmm. All right, but leading up to that, I was in this... Uh, in Stanley, North Carolina, there's this very tiny, it's probably the smallest library I've been in. Mm-hmm. It's a very small library. Mm-hmm. And uh, the book Girl Interrupted was in there. Hmm. But it was the, there's two different versions. I have one in my briefcase where it's uh, got the author, Susanna Kaysen, on the cover. Mm-hmm. But then there's another one. It's the movie tie-in book. You know, all those books have a movie tie-in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Made right. it a movie and, yeah. Uh, it's Winona Ryder's eyes on the cover of the book, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it says Girl Interrupted, and it's her eyes. Yeah. And uh, so I recognized her eyes just, you know, being into movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then I, I recognized those eyes and I picked up the book and I was going to check it out. But I was reading the back cover and it was very clearly a book that dealt a lot with depression and mm-hmm. mental issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom was in the library with me and I didn't want her to see. She, she was under the impression at that stage of my life that I was leaning towards getting better. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't, but yeah. I didn't want to. Didn't want her to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to shatter that illusion that I was getting better, even though I was planning on doing something mm-hmm. tragic. I didn't want to shatter that illusion. Um, I just did, a lot of looking back, I just didn't want to have a lot of conversations mm-hmm. at certain ages. Like yeah. I didn't want to talk about that. Shit yeah, with my mom. Um, so she was calling for me, like she was ready to go, 
And I nervously like put the book back. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I didn't check it out. Yeah. Um, and then I swear, like, I, f- I fucking swear, a few days later, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe it wasn't synchronicity. Maybe it's all a coincidence, and they were mm-hmm. just showing that movie a fuck ton on TV. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't sleep, and it was like 2 or 3 a.m. or something. And I'm writing, a, this is how insane it got. I was writing a suicide note, had a knife on my bed. I was writing the suicide note. Mm-hmm. And the TV was just on a random channel. Mm-hmm. I was I didn't want to use my uh, the lamp in my room as mm-hmm. a light because it could be seen under the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My parents would know I was up at a weird hour, so I was using TV as a light to write by. Yeah. And then girl interrupted starts nice. on the TV at that hour, and it. And then I realized those were the eyes I saw on that book cover, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it distracted me just long enough to stop writing that ridiculous suicide note and this is just to add some levity to this moment it was a ridiculous note because i'm i'm neurotic and i will rewrite something till i'm sick of it yeah i was on like the fifth draft of that motherfucker like i gotta have every word just fucking right perfect yeah so i don't know something to me is funny about that i would like i would like there to be like a comedy sketch about a guy who just like doesn't commit suicide because he can't get the wording just right on the note. <laughs> She's like, I guess I'll yeah. keep living, you know, because he keeps can't figure it yeah. out. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so then I got sucked into the movie, mm-hmm. and it made me feel by the end like, all right, there's hope. Like, and it and it's kind of like you were saying about where uh, Whoopi's line, uh, "Get yourself out." Yeah. And I realized I'm kind of playing the victim card here, writing this fucking suicide note. I could. Mm-hmm get myself out of whatever mental hole I'm yeah. in. I could uh, make it better. Nice. I could ch- make changes in my own life. Um, so I just, yeah, it just, it stuck with me. And it was, I think, like I always liked movies as a kid, going back to like the animated musical, like All Dogs Go to Heaven. That was mm-hmm. probably one of my first mm-hmm. movie loves. But that was the first time I realized like, oh, a movie could be art and have a message yes that was the first time that's the first time it got for me too um my experience there was um uh, similar to what uh wine on a rider was saying how um when when the guy he got drafted he uh birthday december 30th yeah Yeah, and he was he was drafted for vietnam and uh, he comes to get her and um they say yeah you're gonna come with me and she's like no he's like well everybody in there is crazy it's freaking crazy house she's like well if they're crazy i'm crazy Mm-hmm. You know, which what she realizes there. And that's something that I kind of got while I was there. I was like, shit. I was like, I don't feel different from these people. You know, it was like I didn't, yeah. it didn't, it, there wasn't like a huge disconnect between their, you know, like between myself and them. Like, you didn't have judgment towards them. No, yeah. not at all. And they didn't have judgment towards me. You know, it, it felt co- very comfortable, like, yeah. I, honestly. And I got to a point in there, it was, you know what? Maybe I am crazy. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being crazy. So what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, like like seriously, it's like I didn't come out of it thinking, okay, I'm good and I'm recovering, I'm sane. I'm like, no, I'm a crazy person, I, and I own whatever negative, negative, whatever things that people view as negative. Right. Like I, I don't care. Like just crazy is a word. It's, it's just a word. Like I am myself. You can view me as abnormal. That's completely fine. Whatever. But I don't know. It's just being accepting of yourself is what it taught me. Uh, just being accepting of myself. Uh, but um. The, the character in the movie, she had borderline personality disorder, yep. is what they said. Um, she, read, she read off something and said, um, it was an instability of self-image, relationships, and moods, uncertain about goals, impulsive in activities that are self-damaging, such as casual sex, social, contrari- <laughs> social contrariness, and a general pessimistic attitude are often observed. And after reading that, she says, well, that's me. 
<laughs> yeah. There was a there was a couple of moments when she was reading uh, because the 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 one thing that I liked about this movie is that the the, the depiction of mental illness was not very romanticized mm. and it wasn't very damn like damn condemned mm. either. It was like a very honest depiction of a, like man, it's just a thing that you got to deal with. That's what it was. There was a uh, he was saying something about casual sex. He was like, <laughs> "What kind of sex isn't casual?" When she talks to the doctor, you talk to the doctor and was like, "Is there something about sex which lifts your feelings of despair?" And then she's like, "Have you ever had sex?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I like, like that. Like he's saying it like it's just a clinical act. Yeah, 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 yeah. I brought a, a copy of the book. Have you ever actually seen it? No, it's, it's the first time seeing it. It's, great the way it's formatted because it has a i don't know why i'm saying this like we're on mm. video but but it has like copies of her case files yeah oh it wow. goes in depth but uh it's only like a page and a half could i read this is how the book starts yeah i don't, feel don't, like don't read a page and a half but if you could hit some highlights i mean it's big though it's <laughs> okay. not, not like a lot. i'll read it quick but it's just i don't know it makes some great points about mental illness anyway yeah. it's that she Susanna Casey wrote people ask how did you get in there? What they really want to know is if they are likely to end up in there as well. I can't answer the real question. All I can tell them is it's easy. And it's easy to slip into a parallel universe. There are so many of them. Worlds of the insane, the criminal, the crippled, the dying, perhaps of the dead as well. These worlds exist alongside this world and resemble it, but are not in it. My roommate Georgina, and she was in the film, uh, came in swiftly and totally. During her junior year at Vassar, she was in a, in a theater watching a movie when a tidal wave of blackness broke over her head. The entire world was obliterated for a few minutes. She knew she had gone crazy. She looked around the theater to see if it had happened to everyone, but all the other people were engrossed in the movie. She rest, rushed out because the darkness in the theater was too much when combined with the darkness in her head. And after that, I asked her. A lot of darkness, she said, but most people pass over it incrementally, making a series of perforations in the membrane between here and there until an opening exists and who can resist an opening and i'll skip forward a little, a little bit but then she ends this all by saying every window on alcatraz has a view of san francisco mm-hmm. it's like holy fuck that's poetic yes it is oh wow uh, <laughs> that's true i i think every everything that i can say about this movie like i think it permeates with the fact that yeah you might have a severe mental illness or something but you, you, you're still able to live, and you can get yourself out of it to an extent. So, like, I feel like the movie had an optimistic tone to it. It was, it was kind of like an optimistic over the cuckoo's nest for me. I think that's what she meant yeah. by that line about mm-hmm. every window in Alcatraz has a view of San Francisco. That view is the hope. Yeah. And right. maybe you'll one day get out of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a... Um, I felt odd about about uh, Angelina Jolie's character. I didn't like her at all. She made me so angry. Really? I, I didn't think I she was... I thought she was hilarious, though. I, I, I mean, she, she was, was funny. I thought she was hilarious, and I also didn't think she was a bad person. You know, they they drew her up kind of to be a bad person at, at mm-hmm. times, but then look at some of the things that she did. The one terrible thing that she did, she drove Daisy to suicide. Like right. I can't say yeah. that she didn't do that. You know, but outside of that, it seemed outside of <laughs> driving somebody to suicide. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but it outside did, of that little indiscretion, yeah, yeah. you know what I thought was kind of fucked up though. It makes for such a great dramatic moment, mm. but that's where it strays far from the book. And I had some conflicted feelings about that. Like, I saw the movie first, and it changed my life. So I love the movie. I'm not Mm -hmm. shit-talking like director James Mangold, but Mm -hmm. he did take a lot of liberties, which you do when you make something Hollywoodized. But but Lisa Rowe is a real person. Mm -hmm. Angelina Jolie played a real person. Mm -hmm. And that real person did not talk anyone into committing suicide. Mm -hmm. And so that's such a huge leap from the book. Like, this is how different it strays from the book. 
like Lisa escapes, right? Susanna yep. goes with her. Yep. In real life and in the book, Susanna did not escape with her. She mm. stayed in there. No. And uh, it was just Lisa. Hmm. And Lisa like visited Daisy, but then yeah. came back. She did not talk her into killing herself. Right. Um, so that's such a huge difference. It's like you just painted this person into yeah. being an accomplice to a death. Hollywood. Yeah. And the uh, what she says to her at the house when they escape. So um, so Angelina Jolie, so Lisa and Susanna, they escape from the um, from the institution and they go to Daisy's house. And um, Daisy, she's a character. She's she's um, she doesn't want any visitors in her room. Her father is uh, has a good amount of money. He paid right. for a private room. And she wants all the laxatives that she can possibly get. Mm-hmm. You know, she has a, uh, what would you call it, bulimia, I guess, I disorder? Uh, it's not an anorexia. I guess bulimia would be the it's issue. Eating disorder yeah, sure. she, has, she has a definite eating disorder. So, and she'll only eat food specifically from her father's deli. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so she has these, uh, these large chickens. And they go in the room, and the room is just smells all the shit, you know, because there's chickens all underneath she her She can't bring her herself to throw them out. She can't bring herself to throw them out. It's just that, uh, that tie with her father. Mm-hmm. And you don't, they don't really explain what that tie is with her father or why she's well, her there. Her father fucked her. I mean, that, not at this point. We don't know that. Yeah, yeah, oh, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we're getting to the realization here when Angelina Jolie gets to uh, Daisy's house with Susanna, mm-hmm. and she tells her, she says, "They didn't release you because you're better, Daisy. They just gave up. You call this a life? Taking daddy's money, buying your dollies and your knickknacks, and eating this fucking chicken, fattening up like a prize fucking heifer? You change, you change the scenery, but not the fucking situation. And the warden still makes house calls, and everybody knows. Everybody knows that he fucks you." What they don't know is that you like it. Yeah. And, and when she says that, that's one of the best act. I mean, it's dark, but that's one of the best acting moments I've ever seen when there's this pause and she says, what they don't know is that you like it. Were you, were you aware of uh, Brittany Murphy's work before this movie? No, I mean, but oh, I was young. I wasn't aware of a lot of people's work oh, before well, this movie. So. It, it, all right, well, I don't know. This, like, like when this, I first saw it, yeah. This image right here did a lot for me in the movie because like, I was a big Brittany Murphy fan from, um, from the movie Clueless, mm. from... Um, she, she did a movie with Ashton Kutcher shortly after that, but it was just like seeing this now, and now you see this as Angelina Jolie, the wife of Brad Pitt, former wife of Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. Winona Ryder, the star of Stranger Things, and some lady hanging dead in the background. But yeah. in reality, Brittany Murphy died four or five years ago. You know, oh, damn. yeah. And I was like, wow, this is such a morbid shot. Looking at it now, like, yeah. f- sheesh. I, I I think. Uh, Lisa wasn't a bad... I, I don't want to say Lisa was a bad person. Like, mm. the character of Lisa was a bad person. I just want to say that she was obsessed with this sort of, like, radical honesty of, her, of everybody's situation. Mm. I get that, yeah. yeah. And just kind of like, I, I don't mm. want you, like... We can't get better unless we accept what we are. She would yes. get kind of fixated like, on something right. and drive the point home in such a way that was ruthless. Yeah. She 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 didn't have compassion in that sense. Like she she understood how to get from point one to point two. Well, she was and a if, sociopath, of course. Well, yeah. I, if, you're, if you're if if she's at point two, she's not gonna let you go from point one to two. She's gonna do immediately point yeah. two. There's no time for rationalization and emotion or getting through any of that. This is what it is, and I don't care how you feel about the it. The movie, how she is. a character in the movie uh, a psychiatrist called her a sociopath mm-hmm. or wrote in her mm-hmm. file that she's a sociopath yeah. Yeah. but i think a theme in that movie is that because it was, it was yeah it was early psychiatry and they mm-hmm. may have been misdiagnosing a lot of people including yes. uh, lisa and Susanna. i don't think lisa was a true sociopath uh, especially based on what was in the book and mm-hmm. then in the movie the no. the movie is very mm-hmm. fictionalized but 
just not talking about the real Lisa, but just talking about the movie character Lisa. Yeah. She had a bond with uh, Susanna. She felt something for her, and a true sociopath, I don't think they would have... Wouldn't do that. They wouldn't have gone out on a limb and felt something for someone like that. No, yeah. she she did things that showed that she had compassion for other people around her. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when the girl was... when um. What's the girl that she affectionately called Torch? Was that Polly? The that girl? was Polly. They yeah, sang yeah. the song for her. She yeah. sings a song for her. Exactly. You know, so it was like she says things that she does things that will make you think that she cares about only herself. But mm-hmm. behind it all, you know that she – the biggest thing that I think that shows that she actually cared about somebody else when um, – when Susanna's boyfriend came into town and she knew that they were going to be having sex inside the room and she tried to stop and she tried to stop the rounds from happening. So for her to go in, she was like, so she wanted, you know, Susanna to have a good time. She cared about it. And see, that's what, that's where my conflict comes in with Lisa. Mm -hmm. because I I really do recognize that she wasn't sort of like a through sociopath thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But like just the, the cold emotionless Mm -hmm. way that she said things. Yeah. Just like, just clearly like I enjoyed her character, but I couldn't, I like if someone said any. Like, you couldn't find the humor in it. No, I could find the humor, but I, I couldn't feel comfortable in it because like it's, I the think lies that we tell com- people. No, yeah, yeah it's very straightforward. It's like somebody one plus one is one. She's like, it's no, it's two. It was like, what the fuck? No, it's two, asshole. Get the fuck out of here. You're fucking wrong. You know, it was like like <laughs> yeah. that's how she is. She's like very straightforward about things, and it's very she doesn't black care and white. about manipulating people. This she is gonna no. people with honesty. But I like yes. it, the reason why she made me as uncomfortable as a character as she did was because. Those lies always have to be made. You always have to lie to people to a degree mm. to get them to get to the conclusions that you want them mm-hmm. uh, in their own pace. And then part of the reason why she drove Daisy to suicide was because she didn't do it at Daisy's pace. She just mm-hmm. fucking laid it all out, yep. and Daisy couldn't handle it. Yeah. So I don't think she's wrong. I just think she wanted to push other people's buttons, and she even says it yeah. because no one ever asked her or pushed her buttons to like mm-hmm. so that she could talk about what she wanted. I to I think talk she about. had this bitterness in her. Yeah. Oh yeah. It wasn't Heavy. resolved until later on, but. It, the I think I kind of like I, I identify probably more with Susanna mm-hmm. in real life, but there was a part of Lisa though I identified with too because there was a time in my late teens mm-hmm. and early twenties when I was uh, like if people who knew me then they'd probably think um, I'd seem like a different person now mm-hmm. because I was so fucking bitter and I would push people's buttons and it sounds. Mm-hmm. She's a fucked up character, so mm-hmm. it's a weird thing to say that, oh, you can identify with that person. Mm-hmm. But I could because you could get a certain satisfaction, almost like an, an addictive feeling, a rush from pushing people's buttons if yeah. you do it enough. And uh, thankfully, I've phased that out of my life. But there's a period where it's like, yeah, it sucks to say, but I... I she got a rush from that, and I understand I that. Mean, I mean, yeah, I was with you, too. I told Brian all the time, like, mm-hmm. you would not have liked me, you know, five, six, seven years ago. I mean, it's a different person. And there is that rush of, you know, telling someone that Santa Claus doesn't exist. <laughs> right. You know, just like taking someone out of a fallacy and then bringing them into real life, just tearing them out of their, their ignorance and bringing them into your reality. The reindeer just, are real, right? Though? No, the reindeer are totally real. <laughs> the reindeer are totally real, but the Santa Claus thing. One of them has a fucked up nose, though. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. Like she, that she was just unapolog- unapologetically unemotional, and um, she could seem like a terrible person. But I mean, she had she had layers. There's like. there's an interesting moment in the book though that's not in the movie because you know they don't have time. It'd be mm-hmm. I guess a three hour movie if they <laughs> went that far into her life. Um, I guess this is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't read the it's book. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, it's like a whole page in the yeah. book, so mm-hmm. it's not like it's going to ruin the whole book for you. Mm-hmm. Um, she meets up with Lisa years later. Mm. Not like meets up like they plan to meet up. She runs into her like mm-hmm. at a crosswalk or on the sidewalk somewhere. She just kind of stumbles into her. Uh, and it's such a brief exchange. And it's there's something heartbreaking about it where it's like... Lisa isn't any better? 
Lisa's fine. She has like a kid and Good. she's Whoa. she's nice. she's fine. Okay. Um but it, there's like this heartbreaking quality where it's like you get the sense at least and maybe I'm projecting this, mm. but I got the sense that the author wished she had longer to talk to her in that moment. Mm. And it's such a brief exchange. And yeah. you feel like you want that bigger moment to reconnect because yeah. like I lived through something traumatic and that person lived through it. And we're like, we feel like we're in a small club of people who lived through something like that. But then when you run into that person years later, it's like a 30 second exchange and that's it. But it's just enough to know that, Hey, that person's okay. Yeah. They got their own life now. It's, it's a weird, like I, I went through that. Like I, I only did a 72 hour hold, but the, uh, the people that I were, I was in there with, we like said, we exchange information and we said, we're going to talk to each other and contact each other outside on the outside, all that stuff. And the one person that I did talk to, she came to the restaurant while I was, uh, I was a waiter there. And as much as we talked for like maybe five minutes, but the thing is, is it pulls you back into that reality of where you were. As soon as I met her, like we, as soon as we locked eyes, we immediately were back in that place. And it, it was, I don't know, it was good to see her, but it was just, it brought back emotions and feelings of that I wanted to move on from. I understand that. Yeah. But I I think my talking back to the movie, Mm -hmm. the thing that I praise the director I'm doing is that he focused on small moments. Mm-hmm. There was never really a big dramatic moment. Yeah. Or when there was a big dramatic moment, it wasn't presented as a big dramatic moment. Well, the this this tunnel scene that yeah. was fucking dramatic. Though. Where uh, I mean, tunnel yeah. scene that was when she's running around with the journal, like Lisa's reading her journal. Oh yeah. yeah. She turns everyone against Susanna. Lisa yeah. turns everyone against Susanna, and that's when uh, Susanna finally snaps and yeah. tells Lisa, "Your heart is cold," and she has that big mm-hmm. dramatic monologue. Yeah. Actually. The reason that springs to my mind, and I always get defensive over how fucking great that scene is. I wrote a thesis around that scene yes. when I was, uh, I didn't finish college, but I took like mm-hmm. a year and a half-ish mm-hmm. uh, at a community college. And uh, one of the classes was film appreciation, and we had to, mm-hmm. we had to have like a, an essay that we presented at the end of the year, and you had to show video clips along with it. And mine, because I was always more of an acting nerd than a more than a cinematography nerd. I appreciate both now, but at that time I was just all about acting. And so I wrote this whole fucking essay that was centered around that scene, and I would break down facial movements, the dialogue, Sheesh. the pacing of the rhythm of their words. And so I'm, I'm obsessed with that fucking scene where it's like two people telling each other off, but there's so much context there. Yeah. That relates uh, to every other scene in the movie. Super mega bonus points before before we end. Mm-hmm. At the end, at, at the end, the conclusion of that scene, uh, Winona Ryder she tells her roommate at the time. She says, um, "The thing, the things that I, that I wrote down, things that I said, all of those aren't aren't, aren't true. I just make it up." Mm-hmm. What does her roommate say to her? Hold on. Yeah, they're all lies. I just make it up. Oh, uh, she says, my dad is in the CIA. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, that's, that's before. It's when that's she's right leaving. Mm-hmm. She's at a table and she's saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. And uh, Georgina's her roommate, right? Yeah. yeah. And she says, Georgina, you know, all those things I didn't mean them. They were just... Get those points, they're just Brian. Thing, they're just things I write. Uh, they're just thoughts. And Georgina looks at her. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Georgina looks at her and she goes like... Maybe you're not. Good. Said, Brian gets said, the points. Maybe, maybe I'm a liar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Suzanne says, maybe I'm a liar too. And yeah. she was like, maybe you're not. Yeah, because you know at the beginning of the movie where Georgina, she's telling her, well, why is this person in here? Why is this person in here? And she tells her all this information. It's like, why are you in here? She's yeah. like, I'm a pathological liar. <laughs> you know, and then later on, um, she Which, tell- by the way, was the funniest moment <laughs> in the movie for her. Yes. So fucking funny to me. Yes. Someone tells you they're a pathological liar. You're like, 
Are, the are you? Yeah. yeah. Are you really? <laughs> All the told that. me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so then we get to the end where um where Ronald Ryder's character has been completely honest to her core and saying all these things, and then the pathological liar hears these things, just like, no, you weren't lying. Like a yeah. liar knows a liar, and yeah. she's like, no, you're not. That's lying. a good point because mm. I was mainly focusing on. Uh, that shows like how many layers there are to oh, this yeah. film. I was mainly fo- focusing on Winona and Angelina Jolie's interactions mm. in that one scene. Yeah. But then you were picking up on all the, the minor characters, yeah. their interactions. Oh, yeah. Those too. are the interactions that I picked up the most yeah. on because those are for me the ones that made Suzanne Suzanne, mm. not even the characters with or the interaction with Lisa. Yeah. I feel like every time that she talked to Polly or, or Georgina mm. or Daisy, mm. I feel like I learned a little bit more about her. I felt like she was becoming more at home and by her becoming more at home, I just felt like I was sort of getting more comfortable with Suzanne. And then Lisa came in and sort of fucked it all up, <laughs> yeah. um, which is kind of what happened. Every time Lisa came back in, mm-hmm. there would be some dramatic fuck up to the situation. Oh, or yeah. every time someone from the outside came back in, like Toby. Toby came back in and she had sent her back into another depression. Yep. Lisa came back in, sent her back to another depressive episode. So, like, it's, it's, it's really, like, the, the minor characters or like the side characters are really the ones that, for me, made Suzanne the mm. character Suzanne. And which is why I enjoyed it so much. What about the uh, the editing? We got this far. Editing was, that, editing was dope. The, the match cuts. There yes. was great fucking match cuts. Did you see cuts. them shits? Like every time she's having a flashback or then mm-hmm. open the door and then opening into a flashback. Or so you know, it was like, the first, sheesh. The first 15 minutes alone are brilliant. With yes. Editing. That's where uh, James Mangold and I, I wish I'd researched the editor's name. Mm, right I, I didn't but, either. Yeah. But they're fucking great. It's, it's an underappreciated film, I feel like, for yeah. just... Acting. I, I've recommended this film to some people and they, they've shrugged it off as, oh, I think it's a m- melodramatic film. Mm. But no, I mean, even if you can just appreciate it from an editing standpoint, oh, you get yeah. a lot That's out good. of the film. The technicality of the editing. movie is, yeah. I mean, it's quite brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the jarring way in which it's edited at times because uh, it's weird. It's, it's a mix of smooth and jarring. Those match cuts are so smooth, but it's jarring in that it's like, whoa, I'm in a... Like, different I'm, place now. Yeah, I'm in a whole different setting now. Um but that it, communicates the emotion that Suzanne is feeling. Yeah, she's and it, in one room, suddenly she's. It in a, communicates the writing structure of the book too. Mm-hmm. Even though, like I said, they changed a lot with the book, like with Lisa's character, but they kept a structure kind of intact in that the book will be talking about a topic one minute, and then in the each chapter is only like two or three pages. It's so mm-hmm. short the chapters, and that's how some of the scenes are. It's like, hey, I was on this topic. Now I'm on to something else. I was in a flashback. Now I'm in the yeah. present day. Yeah. It's like, where are you? And that's how the, the book is. Yeah. L- last, uh, last bonus question. Mm-hmm. How many times did the song Downtown play in the movie? How many times did the song Downtown play in Girl Interrupted? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with three. Brian is the winner here. Really? Ron, I'll tell you what. Nice. <laughs> uh, at, at, the, at the very beginning, when uh, when she gets in the cab, when Suzanne gets in the cab, the cab driver is playing downtown. Mm-hmm. When um, when they sing to Polly, they play the song downtown. When she goes back the, home in the cab. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. When she goes back home in the cab, when the movie cuts off, as soon as the credit starts, in downtown. It bookends okay. itself, kind of. Yeah. I guess right. Hmm? Doesn't it kind of bookend itself? Yeah, yeah it does. It does. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I think that and the, it was the same cab driver, which was kind of odd to me. Weird, yeah. Yeah. I will say this: like as much as I was, like I guess, kind of getting on James Mangold for mm-hmm. taking certain, like you know, taking certain scenes out and yeah. then mm-hmm. changing some of the characters. Uh, that was smart. That yeah. song's not a part of the book. No, and it's such a tender moment that makes you feel for this this Polly character. Mm-hmm. It, it gets you on both Lisa and Susanna's side too, because they're doing something for her. Yeah, that was a smart addition. Cool. Yeah. Uh, any any last words on on Girl Interrupted? Uh, 
No? I mean, I mean, it's 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 a very good movie <laughs> about a very specific subject. Um, it's not it's not as heralded as um, what's the movie you compared it to? Over the cuckoo's nest. Oh yeah, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I think nest. it's better though. I like honestly. this one better than over the cuckoo's nest. I do not. Yeah. Really? I, have bo- I have both of those in my top ten. Cuckoo's nest is top five. This is a number seven See, for me. I like uh, this is something like Camille and I have talked about. Like with the documentary we're doing, we mm. want a very hopeful ending. I just feel like the uh, it can't be forced, but, yeah. so it's not gonna be like over the top. It's not yeah. gonna turn into like a La La Land dance number in a movie yeah. about rape, but but you it's, made it thirty nine minutes without talking like, about La La Land like a whole I did hour. It. I did it. I did it. Almost. But anyway, that was a single word. <laughs> yeah, we're all placing bets. But uh, anyway, we. Brian, you win again. <laughs> He's on fucking fire, goddammit. I'm staring at a poster of it too while I'm in here, so it's hard not okay. for it to pop into my mind. Yeah. But anyway, um, we want this Beautiful. moment of hope, though, because oh. you know there's issues of mental illness and trauma, and uh, you know, so we want a hopeful moment. And I just yeah. feel like Girl Interrupted's more hopeful in its ending than uh, Cuckoo's Nest. It is. They're it both is. great, though. I'm mm-hmm. not saying one is shit and the other's awesome. It's oh, like yeah. they're both they're both fantastic. I just think one's. Better for me, I guess. Yeah, the, the one thing, the one thing I liked uh, about Girl Interrupted mm-hmm. is like, even though the depictions of depression mm-hmm. are like so heartbreakingly accurate, yeah, uh, I feel like they didn't. My my favorite aspect is that they did not romanticize or they did not demonize any part of mental illness. Definitely not. Yeah, and they sort of they spoke about it honestly, and all the characters uh, were sort of honest in what they were or what they had mm-hmm. and they showed a real self-awareness that is not depicted in crazy people yeah. crazy in quotation marks mm-hmm. in a lot of films where people are just crazy for the sake of being crazy i feel like in this movie everyone knew that they had a thing that was happening and they were aware of why they were in that situation mm-hmm. but of course they're mentally ill so they couldn't change it at the time yeah uh, which is like something that i really appreciate in the movie and the writing and suzanne's writing as yeah. well the editing of the movie was amazingly well done. Yes. There was no point where I thought, well, that shot was weird. Mm. It was just it was just really technically well done and a solid movie. I wouldn't put it in my top ten, but mm. it's it's a movie that I think anyone should watch. Yes. I do want to add that uh, mm. in case, because I, um, I used to be really obsessed with Mad Men. Mm. Um, in, in case like there's any Mad Men fanatics listening. Sterling Cooper, Draper Price. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, right here. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Moss plays uh, Polly. Mm-hmm. And she's so different in this role. Yeah. I mean, obviously, because it was years before Mad Men, yeah. but she's wearing, you know, she has a, uh, what would you call it? Prosthetics. Prosthetics, yeah. Prosthetics on yeah. her face. Yeah. It's, she's so different from anything else you've seen her in that yeah. I sometimes, as many times as I've seen this movie, I make a point to rewatch it at least once every other year. Mm-hmm. As many times as I've seen it, sometimes I forget that's Elizabeth that's Moss from yeah. Mad Men. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to cut it short because we made it to 41 minutes. Uh, so we are going to be right back with the television and movie premieres for the next week uh, you guys should watch Good Interrupted mm-hmm. you lonely you can always go downtown, downtown. <laughs> 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 okay welcome back uh, we're here with television and movie premieres and Chris, we're going to let you do your thing. All right. We have um, this week coming up in television is Tuesday, March the 21st through Monday, March the 27th. Uh, first show we have is Dave Chappelle, The Age of Spin. Dave Chappelle's back. Sorry, no, you said March 21st and like my whole time 
Like, my whole perception of time just fucking crashed on me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, March 1st. Oh, goodness. Yeah. No. What's, so, what's March 19th? So. Yeah. Fuck me. Well, yeah. Well, he I has mean, two specials coming out, right? Yes, if you let me fucking get to it, Sorry. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the, the first one uh, is going to be uh, Tuesday, March the 21st. It's uh, Dave Chappelle, The Age of Spin. It's a, uh, it's, it's a comedy. It's a stand-up special. His first stand-up special in years. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. In years. It's going to be on Netflix. And um, you guys may not have heard about this already, but he actually has a second stand-up <laughs> special. <laughs> <laughs> coming I, don't, out. I don't think we heard. <laughs> I never heard. He's actually releasing two comedy specials coming out at the same time. The second one is the same date. It's Dave Chappelle, Deep in the Heart of Texas. Nice. It's also a stand-up comedy on um, on Netflix. So, so you, they both come out the same day? Same day. Hey, doesn't Dave Chappelle have two specials coming out? <laughs> I think he might. Yeah, I think he might. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's the day that you're hearing this on the podcast, that'll be the day you'll be able to check out Dave Chappelle, The fuck Age yeah, of Spin. That's impressive as fuck, though, that he has enough material to put out two, two specials yeah. i mean it's kind of impressive but he's been gone for like 10 years i don't i say it's impressive because like i did like comedy for a little while and mm-hmm. you would see these guys who would like be holding on to the same jokes for like seven years yeah hell, and like yeah so he could have coasted with just the one special he could have two. he could have i mean yeah i guess we're getting a little um but he's also dave Ch- Chappelle, so i shouldn't compare him to shitty open micers like i just did uh, just getting, uh, getting got a little spoiled with like a uh, louis ck who would have original jokes every year he would do a one-hour special then throw all those jokes away and do a completely brand i got new spoiled at an year. early age because of yeah. george carlin oh yeah george he carlin the same, same one? thing yeah that's where louis got it from yeah 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 I fucking love george carlin yeah. i like that very Shit last special he, life Sorry. is worth losing the very last special mm. <laughs> that title alone is fucking great it is. i love i love george carlin yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's Dave Chappelle. Uh, the last one is Deep in the Heart of Texas. So check that out. Uh, next is going to be the same day, Tuesday, March the 21st, inside West Coast Customs. Can either one of you, like Brian, that might be a little too far away from you, but Devin, maybe. West Coast Customs. Inside West Coast Customs. Is that like drug smuggling? Or? No, no drugs. West Coast Customs. Like actual costumes? West, West Coast Customs. Um, let's see. How, how can I describe like this? Like Shakespearean right. costumes? Like not, not, no, costumes. not costumes. Uh, Custom. Customs. That's what, what I, th- I thought. Custom agents. That's in, what's in, inside West Coast Customs. All right. Um, let's see. Um, this place could put a a goldfish, um, like aquarium, inside of your car. Oh, is that a this, customized thing? Aha! There we go. <laughs> West Coast Customs is the uh, the company that came from Pimp My Ride with the exhibit from the uh, the early two thousands, <laughs> where they would pimp your ride. We heard you like TV, <laughs> so we put a TV in your TV so you can watch TV while you watch TV. <laughs> TV Inception. Yes. So they they have a brand new show minus exhibit. It's just West Coast Customs as they do whatever to you. That was car. a shop, right? West Coast Customs. Yep. Was that another shop? Yep. Okay. Hell yeah! Fucking Brian, yeah. like you're. You're winning all day today, Bron. <laughs> Bron's winning all I'm, day. I'm fucking cultured. <laughs> God damn right you are. Shit. <laughs> I uh, love them, my right. I love the moment when they revealed the car, and it was obviously someone told they got to jump around a lot. And that old shit around the car. Like, oh shit, man. <laughs> man, I, I would love to see like the guy come out and just be completely disappointed. Yeah. Like, what oh, the fuck did like, you oh, do to my oh, car, bro? Like, <laughs> you change it back. I mean, the, the speakers are nice, but like, can we just get <laughs> yeah. Bane's shit? <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Uh, next thing is going to be Friday, March the 24th. It's The Most Hated Woman in America. It's a drama on Netflix. The Most Hated Woman in America. I had a, 
She said the most hated woman of America, and I was gonna be like Amy Schumer. Oh, her stand, her, her last stand up, her last stand up did not burn. do well. You, you know what? You it's know like what? One star in Netflix. You know what? Yeah. You know? Whoa, 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 whoa! I, I don't know what because um, Netflix is, is is a little difficult because yeah. according to how you rate things, that's how I was gonna rate it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I could go on there now and it could say five stars. You know, for, for that special oh, for that me. Works? I thought it was just an average of how many people review it. So far, it's no, got one star. No, I mean like yeah, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we did. Oh, oh, yeah, what? Devin, what you know about this? Who, no, it was Jonathan that was here. Yeah, Let me Jonathan. break it down for Devin then. All right, you you watch, you watch <laughs> Netflix? Yes? Yeah, yeah. All right. So whenever you watch something on Netflix, say you watch something super shitty, super shitty, and then you don't rate it on Netflix. But then because you've watched it on Netflix, Netflix is going to assume that you liked it because you watched it and then start to um, bring you other things that are similar to that and adjust its ranking system according to that. So what, are the, what star rating do you think they give it based on that? Like a middle star? Depending on the person. You know, so like, say me, if I go around watching uh, what you would consider like B movies all day, every day, and I never rate any of those movies, then they're going to continue to give me movies that are similar to that and then rate those like four and five stars for me because they know that that's what I like. Well, they assume that's what I like. Right. You know, so say I go around watching Amy Schumer's comedies and then I give them four stars for one of them and four stars for something else. Then when another comedy that is similar is automatically going to say four or five stars for me. You know, but I have watched this new Amy Schumer special, and I thought it was shit. Yeah, no, I've heard no one that I've heard talk about it has told me it's been funny. I couldn't get past fifteen minutes of uh, like I, I, I genuinely watched it. Like, I mean, I, I I've been standing up for Amy Schumer like months. I mean, I, I like I like the uh, the first two seasons of her show, like the first two stand up specials. But this stand up special where she's wearing the all black uh, leather like type thing, mm-hmm. like, it's not funny. It's called a. Uh... Leather, the leather special. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she makes a point about how like a lot of comedians they reach a point in their career and then they have that one special where they come out in leather like Eddie Murphy did. And yeah. a lot of them did. <laughs> yeah, um, except Eddie Murphy was funny. Yes, yeah. he was. <laughs> I think with her, that's like, equality right there. That's true equality. The, the joke thievery stuff. Do you know about that? Has yeah, it, mm. it kind of broke her for yeah. a while for me. Mm. But uh, the joke thievery, like it happens a lot of the time, even if it's subconscious. But mm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I just yeah. wanted to make an Amy Schumer joke because it's it's a hot topic. See, I don't hot think she I don't think she stole anything for that special, and maybe that was part of the problem. Mm. <laughs> oh, with the singer. I don't. You know, honestly though, like Ooh. this is the biggest problem with the special. It's just oh, yeah. she's been doing the same shtick for a while. Yeah. It's just the 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 I'm slutty and it's funny and I drink a lot routine. Mm. It's kind of like the bootleg Lisa Lampellini. Yeah. Mm. Lampanelli. Lampanelli. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's it's just old. It's like you need to move on to a different topic. Say something mm-hmm. relevant, or it doesn't even have to be like political. But just yeah. talk about your life. I feel like nothing yes. she's saying is actually real. No, I feel like they're just like she sat down and thought, "Hey, here's a setup. Then here's a punchline," which is fine if you're like Anthony Jeselnik or Dave Attell. And funny, funny thought. You know, her and Anthony Jeselnik dated for two years. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I like Jeselnik way more. Yeah. Than her. Yeah. Um. I feel like he owns that, mm. that, that persona. And mm. I feel like she's not owning her persona to a certain extent. She's just writing jokes, set up punchline type sticks, mm. but it's trying to pass it off like that's her life. And it's not convincing. There's a disconnect 
with me and then I mean, what she does I was, on stage. I was okay in Lisa Lampanelli. Damn, that's a that's a nice comparison there because I mean I didn't like Lisa Lampanelli either, but I knew she was funny. Yeah, I mean with the comparison I was I was going for was uh, they do a lot of the I'm not conventionally attractive, but black guys like me. Right. You know, like yeah. both of them do that, and I'm really? like I'm yeah oh yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm I'm over that. And I'm like, <laughs> but that's uh, the most hated woman in America starring Amy Schumer. Uh, <laughs> I just imagine when they say. <laughs> When they say that joke, it's like, oh, I'm not coming to attractive with black guys like me. I was like, I wouldn't fuck you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I do. I was like, no. You know, you know that's what, uh, what got um, the other girl in trouble, uh, Lena Dunham. Really? That's what got Lena Dunham in trouble. Um, she was at a at an, an event where uh, a lot of other celebrities were there. And uh, a guy named David Beckham Jr., a famous football player who mm-hmm. uh, famously caught football with one hand. It's like everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, David Beckham Jr. was there and they were at the same table. And then she felt that he wasn't paying her attention or looking at her. So she felt that it was because that she was overweight or not as attractive as everyone else and that the black guy wasn't paying her attention. And then they asked him about it. was like, I didn't know who the fuck she was. <laughs> it was like, I don't yeah. know. What? what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I interpreted that as like her just trying to make a joke about her own insecurity. Yes, yes. But at the same time, you kind of drug that dude into a story he yeah, probably didn't want to be involved in. Exactly. It was just like, what? I just went to a function. I had dinner and it was nice and I left. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Oh. Like, what, what reason does he have to know who Lena Dunham is? Like, he's a professional football player in the NFL. He doesn't watch girls. I mean, why would he know who Lena Dunham is? Anyway, anyway. the um, the next thing is um, <laughs> <laughs> the next thing is a uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Fuck yeah, RuPaul's Drag Race. You got damn right. <laughs> uh, the series the series moves from logo to VH1 for its ninth season. Nice. Guess who is the guest? Lady fucking Gaga. You got damn right, Brian. <laughs> you got damn right. Is Lady Gaga? <laughs> she is. I think she's only there for episode one. Okay. But Fuck yeah, Lady Gaga. I'm all for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Lady Gaga. As RuPaul's Drag Race is a reality show on VH1, 8 p.m., Lady Gaga is going to be there. Did you watch season five? No. No? Okay, yeah. season five is probably the best season. Oh, goodness. I'm going to have to catch up. Yeah. All right, that is all for television. For movies, it's a short week. we got three movies coming up. Uh, one movie, uh, my instructor teacher specifically said, whatever you do, don't go see this. Instructor it's, teacher. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chips. 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 <laughs> you remember the, the the television show Chips from uh, the eighties? I guess. I, I, I heard. Yeah, the the, the body Shepard. cup movie. Uh, what's the what's the guy from? Dex Shepard's in this. Yeah, Dex Shepard. I like Dex Shepard though. I like him, but I don't want to see Chips. Dex Shepard. <laughs> yeah, it's a rated R. A hundred minute runtime is listed as an action comedy crime movie. Who's this guy? Who's this con? He was an Ant Man, the Hispanic guy. John, oh, well, Michael, John Pena. Pena? Michael Pena. Michael Pena. Yeah. Um, the the adventures of two California Highway Patrol motorcycle officers as they make their rounds on the freeways of Los Angeles, starring Michael Pena and Dak Shepard. Nah. I, I just want to say Dak Shepard was great in the show Parenthood. So it yes, makes he me was. it makes me wonder why are you doing this? <laughs> Dak Shepard dated a black lady in the in the Parenthood. Paid man, and that was really yeah, nice. Gotta, gotta make that money. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. If someone yeah. offered me that much money to do yeah. chips, like I don't know, do you want to be known as the guy who did chips? If someone paid me enough money, I'd <laughs> yeah, be known as the guy that did chips. I mean, Will Smith is known as the guy that did Wild Wild West. Yep, and that's true. And mm-hmm. we've forgotten. A, oh, you don't never forget. You don't see. I don't. I don't <laughs> identify. Like if I saw Will Smith, I wouldn't instantly think Wild Wild West. No. See, here's my thought when I see Will Smith. Oh yeah, you were in Fresh Prince. That yeah, was great. I, I still mm-hmm. think I remember it was, that was great. What mm-hmm. was the other movie? Um, like all the other ones. Uh. uh yeah, but he had a Ben in Black was was amazing. Mm-hmm. Then he did Wild Wild West. Mm. Now you did that fucking Christmas movie. I'll thing. say this though: Will Smith is a, du- a different level of cool. Than yeah, Dak Shepard, he's way cooler. So yeah, you can have a movie that's garbage, and you're still Will Smith at the end Absolutely. of the day. Yep. You're still cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
The uh, but that's that's uh that's chips. It's a rated R hundred minute runtime. Check that out. Uh, the next movie is Life. Uh, Life oh, the Ryan Reynolds. Life is a rated R hundred and three minute runtime. Is listed as a horror sci fi thriller. He got excited because he thought it was Ryan Gosling. I did for like for like six months. <laughs> like in uh, the end, at the end of twenty sixteen, I was trying to look for movies that I'm looking forward to. He's for in 2017. two coming up though. Yes, Blade Runner and something song. else. Song. song song to song, which is out now. Just, I think, just I think not that's in the city. I yeah. think I bashed that movie last week. Yeah, you did. Because we said why. we said something about being on the train, and I was like, Ryan Gosling got on the fucking train. Oh yeah, the, the uh, it listed it as a love triangle. See, there was yeah. two separate love triangles in the yeah. movie, and I went ahead and bashed that movie to hell. <laughs> so uh, I want to see it. It's another film where he plays piano, though. <laughs> I, I have yeah. a thing. For, I have a thing for like sort of like sultry white men on piano it mm. just I have a thing for it I'm sorry yeah I'm gonna that's pass that's great <laughs> hard, hard pass uh, the next thing is life is rated R 103 minute run time uh, the rundown is an international space crew discovers life on Mars uh, stars Rebecca Ferguson Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal nice is it Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal I don't know ask him it's like Gyllenhaal. Yes. Yes. I swear to God, I Because it doesn't matter if I tell you again, because I've been saying for forever. You've been correcting him for a while now? Yes, but yes. Because I swear I heard him on an interview say, no, it's Gyllenhaal. What? Yeah, I heard that on an interview one time. I don't believe I think I hallucinated it. I don't believe it. I've seen his sister in an interview, Maggie Gyllenhaal. And she didn't like say this is how it's pronounced, but they introduced her as Maggie Gyllenhaal, and she didn't correct them. Yeah. And I just... Gyllenhaal well, sounds the, weird, The man. thing about the interview is that <laughs> yeah. Jake was like, yeah, I just let people say Gyllenhaal because they fuck it up so much. I mean, the... the, the, the so this, maybe he was fucking... I've never heard it pronounced this, any this other way, This though. is the rationalization. This is how I broke it down once before. <laughs> there are no O's or U's <laughs> it's an in language. Gyllenhaal. Who the fuck knows? It's like there's not any O's or U's to produce, pronounce the sound of, of goo, like with a J-Y-L-L-E. I've just never Gil. heard anyone pronounce it other. No. It's, just, it's not possible. Jay it's not possible. You Fine. have to have an O or a U. One of the. You have to have an O or a U. One of them. <laughs> you know, one of them. Fine. Fine. Jake <laughs> yes, Gyllenhaal. Jesus Christ. That sound. It's Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Gyllenhaal. I, I could ride with that. I could ride with Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal <laughs> yeah. too. Gyllenhaal makes him sound like an abstract painter to me. He's like always wearing a beret. Yeah. Yeah. I I can ride with Jalen Hall. If you want to call him Jake Jalen Hall, <laughs> because I mean that that still <laughs> that right. still works. Uh, that's that's life. Um, <laughs> it's listed as a horror sci-fi thriller. I don't. I think this movie is probably actually going to be not that great, but I'm still going to see it. It's not, it's, not, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to be amazing. But yeah, I'm still going to check it out. Have you noticed the trend in like space movies that have like a jammed pack cast ever since mm-hmm. there was Interstellar, and then now then there's The Martian, and then a few others after that, and then there's this. I'm kind of fed up with it. Yeah, a little it's bit. just like I've lost interest in the space movies. Space is a great setting for sci-fi. Except so there's Gosling's playing Neil Armstrong, but it's I not mean, coming out. This if year, if yeah. you want to see a uh, a science yeah, fiction Gosling. space movie that doesn't have an ensemble cast, Passengers, it's it. terrible. <laughs> I don't want that is yep. a, <laughs> man, Devin. I, there's garbage movies, but Passengers is like a garbage movie. Oh, I saw the trailer yeah. and that was enough for me. It's, it's just like so bad. It's, it's so a bad. rom-com in space. It's so bad. I saw it with a friend because we knew it was going to be terrible mm-hmm. and we walked in, not only did we walk in satisfied that it was a terrible movie, we walked in angry that it was a terrible movie. This is why I can't be convinced about the romantic angle in it and yeah. I haven't seen it but just based on the trailer, just based creepy. on the trailer, this is what I gathered from the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's just Hey, they're the only two left. Yep. They're in space. Yep. They're alone. They're in love. It's like, what other options do they have? <laughs> of course they're going to fuck. <laughs> it's yeah. even creepier when you realize that he woke her up. 
No. Like she didn't wake up by herself. Should we spoil it? Yeah, she, she, yeah let's, spoil, let's spoil this whole like son of a bitch okay. piece of shit. Because I'm movie. not gonna watch it, so you can spoil. It. So yeah, like he's <laughs> he, got excited. he he unfortunately he, he awakes due to some malfunction uh, with, mm-hmm. with the ship. He awakes first, and he goes around for a good amount of time, like. A year. Like a year or so, a year yeah. And a half. yeah, yeah, like a year and a half. He stays alone. Eventually, he goes to like the catalog and finds like the most attractive like lady there, and it's uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer. He 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 takes Jennifer Lawrence out, and not only does he take it out, like he doesn't he do like back research and like looks at her file. He looks at her entire life. Her entire finds life. out she's a writer. Mm-hmm. Find out where she's from. That yeah. she's wealthy. What, yeah. Everything about this fucking woman. He yeah. finds out about her. So it's just like picking through lives. If you have a number of like 500 lives and then you're going through, which one am I the most compatible with? Up oh, this one. You die. <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> non-consensual tender. Yeah, yeah. Really so then he, he picked her, then woke her up, sentenced her to death. <laughs> you know, she, she you know, ultimately sentenced her to death and, um, and then doesn't tell her that he's the one that is responsible for her, her ultimate death. So once they're wake, woken up, how long do they have left to live? Uh, they have many yeah. years left until they hit the new planet. Yeah. So like they're not, they can't go back to sleep. Mm-mm. So they're gonna live the ninety years and they're gonna die on the ship mm-hmm. until before they get to the planet. Yeah. But here's a here's a fucking kicker, right? Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt's character mm-hmm. doesn't tell her that he woke her up mm-hmm. until they like falling in love and had a whole relationship and mm-hmm. he was gonna propose to her, and so understandably so. Jennifer Lawrence, when she finds out that he woke her up, she was like, well, fuck you, dude. That's terrifying. You're an asshole. Goes away. Doesn't want to talk to him for any more more of the movie. Mm -hmm. And then shit starts breaking down in the ship. So now they're forced to interact. And then Jennifer Lawrence gets this fucking bullshit Stockholm Syndrome and falls in love with him again. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the movie... They're like try to do this bullshit Adam and Eve comparison where like <laughs> they brought life back to the ship and they saved everybody and then they died happily ever after having a relationship. And I was like, what the fuck is this rapey bullshit? You see, this, this is what I didn't like about the ending of the movie. Like, okay, like all the way up to that point to where she was justifiably pissed the fuck off that yeah. somebody has just ended her life way too soon and took that upon themselves to put their lives in, in his hands. So her being pissed off and then like you said, she gets a bit of a Stockholm Syndrome when they have to come together to make sure that the rest of the lives on the ship don't die as well with them and then chris pratt makes a decision to sacrifice to possibly sacrifice his life in order to save her and everyone else on the ship and through happenstance he survives the uh, the encounter mm-hmm. and comes back like had they just killed chris pratt off right there and let him make... been a little bit redeeming. yes you know because you did a lot of shitty things and then you paid the ultimate sacrifice for it so everyone could but, but now you've had your cake and you get to eat it like chris pratt does so i'm just like no fuck that movie man. it's a it's a garbage movie garbage. and i think you should watch it on the benefit that it's a purely garbage movie. garbage yeah. uh the next movie is going to be power rangers <laughs> fuck your power, power rangers, rangers. yeah movie's not going to be amazing but i'm still going to see it it's a uh, pg-13 movie is 124 minute runtime listed as an action adventure sci-fi a group of high school kids who are infused with unique superpowers harness their abilities in order to save the world so i saw i don't know who it was i was talking i was in class talking about this movie and someone overheard us and it wasn't in the conversation and he shouted from the other side of the room oh you mean chronicle 2 <laughs> you know what that does that is what it sounds like i left so chronicle part two. There's a meme I can't not think about every time I hear Power Rangers now. It's pretty funny where it's like, you know, the Rangers are like powering up or whatever mm-hmm. you call it. And they're like, yellow power, you know, pink power. And then it's like the gets to the white ranger and he doesn't want to yell white power. Oh, he's just wow. like He's just like, hey, guys. He doesn't yell it. That okay. is funny. I haven't seen that. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's, it's pretty funny. That's funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> he just doesn't want to yell, white power, yeah. ranger. I love that shit. That is funny. White power. <laughs> I've seen that meme, so it makes yeah. me laugh every time I see it. Nice. I'm excited for the Power Rangers movie. I think they handled it well enough. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna probably going to go see it. You remember the Belko experiment? Yes. Uh, that I said that eh, it might be an okay movie. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible movie. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yes. It's a horrible movie. Yes. Isn't I it just torture porn? Pretty much. But yeah. it's like boring torture porn. You want to see this? No, no, no. Oh, okay, okay, I saw okay. the reviews. I was, yes. I, I'll hold out for the reviews on this one. Yeah. And uh, pretty garbage. Yes. Uh, right. Isn't James Gunn involved with that? Though, he wrote it. Mm. He wrote it. Oh. But uh, th- he said that the director that took it made it a more serious film than he wrote it as. Mm. Yeah, so it kind of got fucked. Anyway. Who would guess torture would be serious? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's it for today's episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So thank you guys for watching. You can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS Podcast. Yeah. We are on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. Yeah. Uh, we are on Google Play Music, Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud mm-hmm. under the name for film's sake. So you can find us there, comment, review us, do the thing. Devin, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a good episode, solid. I will see you guys next week. Whoops. <laughs>